Uh, we're going to be preaching, that, well, we, when I say we're going to be preaching, that would be me. I'm going to be preaching this morning. You're going to be pr- kind of participating with me. But the theme that we've been having over the last little while is called Fresh Encounters. Fresh Encounters, okay? And, and just as that screen goes up, some of you are having fr- uh, flashbacks to the 70s of when you had different kinds of encounters, okay? A, a whole different world, Sharon Dimon, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So, so this, but what we're talking about today is not psychedelic 70s drug-induced fresh encounters. We're talking about encounters with a God who loves you, who cares for you and me, and who wants to meet with us. And I believe that we should never be people, uh, whether you're a Christian or you're new to church, we should never be somebody who just lives off the memory of an experience that we once had. We should never be the people who, who you know, I'm, I'm, I believe that the, the, my past and there's been good moments and God's done great things, but we should never be people who just live with the good old days mentality. We've got to be people, and not even people who, who live like, oh, one day it's going to be awesome. We should be people who are like right now is when God is moving, when God wants to meet with you and he wants to meet with me. And so my prayer is at the, uh, during this message, during this morning, that you would have a fresh encounter with God, that you would, would feel God speak to you even as I'm preaching, that, that as, we, as we spend time waiting on God, which we'll do at the end of this message, that God would speak to you and, and you'd have a, an experience. See, God's not just someone that we learn about out, but he's distant and a mile away. He's someone who's, who's close and wants relationship with you and I. He wants to talk to you. He wants friendship with us. He wants to connect with us. That's why a fresh encounter or a fresh experience with God is so, so important. And I believe every day God wants us to have fresh experiences with him, to experience his presence, to hear him speak to us. And so today I want you to know that it's a fresh encounter that leads to a fresh start. And if you need a fresh start, you're in the right place today. It's a fresh encounter that will kick you off into a new season in your life. And I believe some people here today, you're going to launch into a new season today. Uh, It's a fresh encounter that gets us moving forward in our life and can create momentum. Maybe you're a person who's felt momentum in your life towards your dreams or your goals or your aspirations of of ground to a halt. Maybe COVID has just put you into neutral or even reverse. But today, you can have a fresh encounter that begins to get the momentum back, where you begin to get some traction again in your life. Fresh encounters. I'm praying that you'll have a moment and and all of us will come out of this morning different, different together. I want to look at three different fresh encounters that happen in the Bible, in in the New Testament particularly, encounters with Jesus. And if you're new, open up your heart to what God might want to do for you here today. I remember in 2001, I was one year as a pastor. I was 30 years old. And once, so do the math, you work it out, 50 next year. That's, that's where we're going. Next year, the age ranges of our church are going to suddenly move from 50 plus to 55 plus. I'm not quite sure why that is. It's just, anyway, I'm, I'm in 2001, I'd, six, I'd been a pastor for a year. Six weeks earlier, I'd been to a conference called Encounter in New Zealand. And I'd had a a really defining experience with God. 
And a, a, a man had prophesied over me, which he, he predicted by God's Spirit, that God was going to use me with healing, and that I had a strong healing gift. I'd never heard that before, and so that rattled me, rattled me and set me on a journey of seeking God. And, and so that, that the experience and the conference, um, the conference high lasted about six weeks. I don't know if you've ever had one of those highs from a, valley, uh, from a mountaintop experience, and it lasted about six weeks. And I, it was Saturday night, and everything had worn off. And I was discouraged. I was w- working a number of jobs. It was Saturday night, and I had what pastors like to call Saturday night fever, as in Sunday's coming, and I don't have a message ready yet. Uh, that was then. That's different these days, most of the time. But it's, it's, it's okay. And so I'm a little freaked out in that moment, and I'm discouraged. And I went for a walk. We lived in Budrum Meadows, and I went for a walk. And I ended up just being so tired and worn out and discouraged that I just literally sat in the gutter on the curb. And I had an experience in that moment that it wasn't an audible voice, but I had an experience that I look back on that was a defining moment. And for many of us, a fresh experience, a fresh encounter with God is, is, is just something to get us through today or the week often. But every now and then God comes to you with a fresh encounter that, that, that launches you into a new season or in, in hindsight, you look back and go, that was a defining moment. And I had this moment and, and for me, I've never had an experience where, I felt, where, where I've heard an audible voice from God. Okay, that's not, some of you may have had that and that's awesome, but I've never had. Most of the time God speaks to me and my experiences with God uh, will be through someone preaching, will be through the Bible coming alive to me. It's like God uh, highlights a part of the scripture as I read it or, or as someone shares something, it, it just, it's like, oh, that's going off on the inside of me. Or when I'm just in God's presence or waiting, they'll just, it's like he gets a hold of my imagination and shows me pictures or whispers to me and with a sense of his presence, I have this still small voice. Well, this was one of those moments and it felt to me like Jesus, literally, as I sat there on the curb, it felt to me uh, like Jesus just came along to me and saw how discouraged I was and, and began to speak to me encouragement. But he did this, he, he, he knighted me. It was, a, it was just, he pulled a sword out, and while I'm there, uh, he just put it on, on, on my shoulders, and it was a, it was a activation into, into my part of my call and a new season in God. Uh, I, I like the knighting. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw yesterday that Captain Tom in England got knighted. Anyone followed Captain Tom? He's raised, he's like 100 years old and he's a World War II veteran and he's raised $60 million for the health industry by walking around his, his retirement village 60 or 100 times and all this money's poured in. So yesterday at 100 years old, the Queen knighted him. He became not Captain Tom, but Sir Tom. He said, I can't get down on my knees right now because if I get down, I'll never get back up again. But this is like this 94-year-old queen's uh, knighting this 100-year-old, so it was just a good moment. And anyway, so I, I had this moment where I've just the Lord comes and I, and I hear him talking to me. And he spoke to me about a few different things, but one of them was, I'm, giving, I'm not just knighting you, I'm not just activating you, but I'm giving you this sword as a sword of healing and I want you to learn to use it and to grow into it and, and use it in, in the call that I've given you. And it was a, as I look back, it was a defining moment, but it came out of discouragement. And I wonder this morning, I'm, I'll be very confident that in this room, 
that there's some, there's some people you need a fresh encounter with God because you feel discouraged. Now, maybe no one knows it on the outside looking at you or hearing you, but on the inside. I, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've talked to lots of people this morning and, and the, the, the variety of stories. I've talked to numbers of like business has never been busier. Things have been phenomenal. It's been outstanding. Uh, you know, some people like that. And then I've talked to other people and it's just been tough. And I know that there'll be some people in here today and this last season and all of the, the restrictions and requirements and changes and, and family dynamics and relationship dynamics and it's been a tough season and you've come back to church hoping that something can change from today. And I want to tell you 100% absolutely yes it can. That Jesus is here and he's close. And things can change for you. I, there's two disciples in the New Testament, and they were, they were walking on, the ro on a road to a place called Emmaus. And it was just after Jesus had been crucified. And their hope was that Jesus was the man, that he would deliver them, and he got crucified. And they were gutted. They were disappointed. Now, Jesus got risen from the dead, and they hadn't heard about it yet. And they were literally walking along, and Jesus came to them, Luke 24 captures, he said, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short with sadness written across their faces. They were discouraged, deeply, deeply discouraged. All of their dreams had been shattered. And in that moment, one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened the last few days. In their discouragement, they didn't recognize Jesus. Now, he was in a new, his resurrected body, and so that's understandable. But their discouragement was such a cloud around them that they couldn't see that in the middle of their downtime, Christ was there with them. And later on, so what happened is Jesus began to talk to them from the Scriptures. This is one of the great ways God speaks to us. If you haven't opened your Bible for a little while, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to help you get a Bible. You can ask one of our team. But if you haven't opened your Bible, that's so much of how God speaks to us. And the encounters we have come as we read the Scriptures. And he opened it up and later on they said in verse 32, Didn't our hearts burn within us as He talked with us on the road and explained the Scriptures to us? So often God has this way of using a song and words just coming alive to us. might be in worship. So often, God has a way of, of using a, a preach, a sermon, and, and just all of it's touching us, but some of it just comes alive. It's, a, it's as if it's just being preached to you. That's, that's not because the preacher's awesome. That's because God takes the verses and, and He applies it to you. The preacher might be a little bit awesome. Anyway, just, that's God. He, just, he takes it and He speaks to you, and you go, oh, my heart was burning and I'm hoping that someone's feeling hope come back today. I'm, ho I'm, I'm hoping that someone, as you're hearing and you're in the house of God and you've, you've been clothed in discouragement, I'm hoping that today you can realize that in the middle of your discouragement, Jesus is walking along with you saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay that your heart can burn. Fresh encounters for the discouraged. We all need fresh encounters when we're discouraged. We don't need guilt or condemnation. It's okay to be discouraged. God will visit you in your discouragement. He's going to do it today. What else? What other fresh encounters? Well, fresh encounters for a new day. 
a new day. I love this. One of the prophetic things that I've sensed over the last four months, and some of you, many of you would have heard me preach a, a few different messages like, Behold, I do a new thing. God's doing a new thing in the earth today. God's doing a new thing in our church today. And so often, I believe, we, we can so easily make all of these great plans for our life. We're like, oh, we've got it worked out. Yep, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, and then that's going to happen, and then I'm going to do that. And, you know, like, I'm married to a planner, okay? I, I, uh, Danielle, I mean, if, if, if literally, I'd just be going to the food store every day if I wasn't married to her to kind of work out what's going to happen. But she plans in advance. She plans, like, ages in advance. It's like, uh, it's this amazing gift she's got to make our lives go around. I don't know how many, who's married to someone like that? Okay, that's awesome. Who's got no one like that in your house and you just make it up as you go along? Have we got any of those? Okay, a few of those as well. That's, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, well she's, she's organized and organized is good. It's, it's really good. But there can be also be a danger when we make plans too far in advance based on our human understanding of our future without letting God in. Bible says many of the plans in a man's heart, but the ways of the Lord or the, 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 the plans of the Lord, they will stand. And sometimes we've got our, our, our paths so plotted out and we're looking so closely in front of us, it's like we're on train tracks. And I just feel like the Lord just stands as we go along on those train tracks with a big smile on his face. Going, you think you know what's going to happen, don't you? Yeah, you got it all worked out, don't you? And he's like, he's like, oh... The Bible says, I've got plans for you, plans for good, plans to give you a future and a hope, but very often, not the plans that we've got. Sometimes they're more inconvenient. Sometimes they're, they're more stretched. They're more uncomfortable. They're more not exactly how we would have seen them. And God stands there like the, the train track guy as the train comes along and then at the last minute goes, and the train just suddenly detours. Why is that? Because he's got a new day for you. I believe there are people in this room right now that in this last little season, God's, God's preparing you for a new day. His, His word to you, and this will burn in your heart. Forget the former things. They've come to pass. Behold, I do a new thing. Uh, I'm going to make pathways through the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And it's like God, God is speaking to you about something exciting. I actually believe that in this, this season of what we've been in and what the world is currently going through right now, I believe that God, although He didn't create it, is using it to position the world for a revival that's going to spread across the globe. I believe the crisis that's happening in many people's lives, and, and you know, so many people meet God because they can't work out their own lives themselves, and there's a, something's disrupted them. I believe we've had the greatest disruptor that we've seen for many years, and out of it, we're going to come into a great season of revival globally. I feel like that's what God's doing. And so in this, in this new day that He's got, I wonder what He's got for you. I wonder what he's nudging you towards. I wonder what requires some new thinking, a new wineskin, a new way of doing things. You know, this, today is a really significant day for our church. It's the launch of our third location. 
like, and we call it a soft launch, but it, it's, the, it's the launch of our online campus. Now, at the moment, that's a bit of a hybrid because it's not just going to people on the sunny coast who couldn't be here today because pretty much every service has been full. Uh, it's not just that, uh, but it's also going to Melbourne. Uh, but as well, we have people in New Zealand, people in other nations, people on the Darling Downs, people in Sydney, people on the Gold Coast, people in Melbourne. The last four months, we've had 50 new, about 50 new people do Alpha. Who, who are, and most of them not from the Sunshine Coast, people who, who are connecting with God. And in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the early stages of, of the restrictions, uh, Pastor Josh, our location pastor, came to me and he'd had a, an encounter with God. God had spoken to him and he said, I really feel like out of this season that God wants us to launch an online campus. And that Teresa would be a great person to lead it because she's just killing it with Zoom and Alpha and all of this different stuff. And, and as soon as he, he said it, it's like, yes, that's God. But you know what I had to do? I had to make some adjustments to my thinking because it was different for us. Uh, uh, previously, you know, we've streamed our, our services for a couple of years online, but, but we'd never tailored something where there's, a, where there's a, a campus pastor and a team of about 15 people who are running groups and engaging and, and talking with people and making follow-up calls. And, and, you know, all these, we'd never done that as a committed location. And, and you know, if I'm honest, which is always good when you're the pastor, but if I'm honest, I, I used to think, well, the online campus experience is just a backup for people who are unable right now to get to a real church. That would, that would have been my mindset. Uh, I would have thought that the best option for everybody is a great local church to physically be in. I would have thought that. But through these last four months, through a fresh encounter with God, through fresh revelation from God, through hearing stories of other pastors and, and God just speaking to me, I've begun to realize that, you know, almost half of the marriages in the world right now connect online. That's their first connection. Probably time for Pastor John to get his head in the whole new day that's going on right now. So, so much of the world connects. And I've, I've heard from pastors who five years ago started uh, churches online and right now have 2,500 people watching every week from 100 different countries in the world. And, I've, and God began to push on my heart and expand my thinking. And, and the, whole, the whole idea that is that for, for many people, the best option is to be physically in an on-site location for many people. But also, equally for many people, the best option for them is to be in an online campus. Maybe that because of their age, they're unable to get to a location. Maybe for some health issues. Maybe it's, it's, uh, they're, they're in an area where there's no kind of church that, that really is going to feed them like a you know, no Pentecostal experience. Maybe there's family restrictions. Maybe they're unable to hang out in big groups, or whatever it might be. And so suddenly I'm like, this is a legitimate option. But it's taken a mindset shift. See, Peter, the apostle, had a mind shift, mindset shift experience with God. He was praying one day and he was, he was fasting. Come on, we've just come off a seven-day fast. How good was toast and coffee this morning? It was so good. Uh, and he was, he was praying. And as he prayed, he had a vision. And a blanket was let down from heaven. He saw this picture. And it was filled with all the kind of foods that good Jews aren't allowed to eat. All the yummy things like prawns and bacon. Oh, I've got some catching up to do. Can't wait for that. It's awesome. So, all, And he saw all these things and he heard a voice say, you should eat that. 
And God was speaking to him. And he's like, no, I can't do that. He had a paradigm. He was being obedient to God. But sometimes God has, he has, he's, he's allowed to do this. He's allowed to change the rules. He's allowed to change the paradigm. He's allowed to come and say, well, I was doing this, but now I'm doing that. And so Peter's response when God came and said, I want you to now do this. So that's going on over there. Over here, over here, Cornelius, an Italian centurion, the Italian stallion was his nickname, apparently. I'm not sure, but I'm, anyway. Uh, he's praying and giving to church. He's doing all these things. And, and God visits him and he has a fresh encounter. And God says, I want you to go send some people to Peter, my servant, because I'm speaking to him about what I'm speaking to you about. And I'm arranging a divine moment where he's going to come and the gospel is going to be shared not just to the Jews. I'm going to break the walls of restriction down and I'm going to share it unlimited. And while Peter's seeing these things come from heaven, his response is, surely not. I wonder how many times God comes to you with a new idea, something different, a challenge, an area he wants you to serve him in, a, a, a neighbor he wants you to reach out to, a friend he wants you to reach out to, and your initial response is, surely not. Remember God speaking to me about a young man in Victoria when I was about 20 years old. And I was in a meeting like this in a church service. We're talking about who we're going to reach out to. And the Lord put a picture of this guy in, in front of my imagination. His name was Scott. And he was a druggie. And he, he, was just, he was so different to me. And my initial response was, surely not. I wonder who God's got for you and who God's got for me to reach out to. But we need a paradigm shift to be ready to step into a new day. An online church uh, is a new day for us. It's, a, it's an exciting new day. If you want to be part of that, I know, even as I spoke about that, some of you, your hearts are burning. That's because God's like, I want you to be part of it. The production or the help out or the hosts. Or, and and the, uh, the question lots of people ask is, can I still come on site? Yes, you can. But you're, if you're going to be part of that core team, then you lock into that. And if you want to know more about that, we're having an interest night uh, this Tuesday night, of course, on Zoom. Where else would you have an interest night for an online church? But we'll be doing that. So if, you're, if you want to get the link for online, just email us at uh, whatever it says up there, online at rc3.com. All right. Fresh encounters for a new day. The third thing I want to talk about here as the keyboardist comes up is fresh encounters for the distracted. The distracted. Before... The Apostle Paul was the Apostle Paul. He was Saul. And he was passionate. Like the Blues Brothers, he was on a mission from God. And probably only half of you know what that was right there. Just do, 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 do. Anyway, just some of you know what I'm talking about. He's on a mission from God. They, they thought it was a mission from God, but it wasn't. He was persecuting Christians. He was rounding them up and getting them thrown in jail and persecuted. He had passion. But it was misdirected passion, misdirected zeal. And God came and literally knocked him to the ground. Light came from, I mean, he, he needed knocking to the ground. Light came from heaven. He heard Jesus speak to him. 
in an audible voice. Those around him heard a sound, they didn't hear the voice. You can read about it in Acts chapter 9. But Jesus began to speak to him and say, Saul, I love your passion. I love that you've got zeal for life. But it's misdirected zeal. The Ten Commandments, the first of the Ten Commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and have no other gods before Him. There can only be one, number one in our heart. There can only be one main thing in our life and then everything else needs to be secondary to that. Good things secondary to that. And so often what can easily happen is we can become more passionate about something that's good but it's meant to be a secondary thing. It's not meant to be the main thing. It's just, it's a, it's God, He created it. It's good. It's, it's why it's good to fast for a week so that food's not the main thing. Because what I'm doing in saying that is I'm not going to let my flesh, I'm not going to let pleasure uh, dominate my life. I'm going to let God be first. That's why the tithe is so powerful. I'm saying that I'm going to, the, the first 10% of my income, I'm giving it to God because He's first and that other stuff's good. Money and possessions, it's good. It's used by God to bless me, but it should never be number one. So I keep having to make decisions to make sure that God's number one. It's great to be passionate, but a question I like to ask myself every now and then is, what am I most passionate about? And if I'm more passionate about fishing than God, time to reset. If I'm more passionate about football than God, time to reset. If I'm more passionate about all sorts of good things that are good, but they're secondary, then I need to recheck my heart. Bible says about Jesus that the zeal for God and his house consumed him. So sometimes we need a fresh encounter because we're distracted. We're, we're stuck on a cause. We're stuck on getting famous. I heard a man just recently share his story. He's a businessman. And his number one thing became business. And he became really successful at business, but he became a workaholic. And in the process of becoming a workaholic, his family began to fall apart. And eventually he had a burnout. And he needed to reset and get some boundaries right. And connect with God. And when they asked him why, what, what was driving you so hard? He, he, he reflected, interestingly, he said, I was driving so hard because my father never approved of me and I wanted his approval. And ha somehow subconsciously, my drive was to get approval. And so often we can have a drive that's wrong, a zeal that's wrong, and it's making us emphasize good things too much. And today would be a good day to sit back and go, you know what, God, I'm going to make you number one again. Maybe you've never invited God into your life. Maybe because you're, you're created for a relationship with him. Maybe you've never actually invited him in. Because God's a gentleman. He doesn't barge into your life. He doesn't take over. His son Jesus has died for us so that we could be completely cleansed and forgiven. But he waits for us to invite him in. And I'd love to pray for you this morning if you've never invited him in or if you did at one point, but you're not walking with God. Today's the day to get right with God again. 
Today's the day for God to become number one. This is what I've found. When God becomes number one, everything makes sense. For years, they tried to work out calendars and, and calendarization, and they couldn't do it because they thought that the sun revolved around the earth. But when they worked it the other way around, they go, hang on, it's, it's the other way around. When I got that right, everything else came into place. And so often we think, why is things not in place? Why are they not making sense for me? So we realize that God's not revolving around us. We need to revolve around Him. He needs to become number one. And then things begin to fall into place.